Welcome to the Wounds of the Faithful podcast, brought to you by DSW Ministries. Your host is singer, songwriter, speaker, and domestic violence advocate, Diana Winkler. She is passionate about helping survivors in the church heal from domestic violence and abuse and trauma. This podcast is not a substitute for professional counseling or qualified medical help. Now, here is Diana. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, mesdames et messieurs, come on in. Welcome to the podcast. Hope you're having a great day. We are going to continue on the topic of job hunting and recovering from a job loss. So that was the previous episode, Surviving Unemployment. I have some more additional thoughts on that that we're going to talk about today. Last week, I went into what happened and the emotions that go with it, the, you know, dealing with not having health care, dealing with looking for a job after being out of the market for so long, (laughs) all the stuff that goes with it. So what I wanted to talk about today was some of the lessons that I've learned being employed over the years. I've been in several industries, most recently, of course, as you know, in healthcare. But I really wanted to share some things that would be helpful to you. Maybe you're younger than I am. Maybe you've only had one job your whole life. Maybe you're, you know, a single mom trying to find a job or somebody just getting out of college and the world is changing faster than I can keep up with it anyway. And we need to adjust to what's going on, especially in the job market. We have an unprecedented time of, oh, we were in the office before around all these people and now A lot of jobs are remote and there's a whole different dynamic to deal with. There's different ways of interviewing now. Yeah, don't get me started with those interviews that are like dating websites. Have you ever been through one of those? It's like they give you a question and then you push the button and then you answer it on the video and then you go to the next question. I've never been on a dating website that had that but I'm told that's exactly what it's like that you sell yourself on the camera there's nobody on the other end of your conversation so it is kind of weird the first time you do it but I'm grateful that I have experience in doing this podcast because that's essentially what I'm doing is I'm in a room with a camera and a microphone And I'm talking to you, but nobody's here in front of me. You're listening. You are listening to this after the fact. So anyway, but there are some things in life that never change. Different things about working that don't change. So I'm going to go through some of the things that I've learned. Hopefully they'll be helpful to you. 
I'll give you an update on my situation. As of this recording, I have not gotten a job yet. Although this week I did have a lot of interviews, which was encouraging. I had one on Thursday that I really like. I think it's a good fit, but I haven't gotten an offer yet. I think that them asking me for references is a good sign. We'll find out. There are many times that I've done interviews and I'm like, I think I did a great job and I went in there and sold myself and and really hit it out of the park. And then I get home and they send me the rejection letter. Maybe you've gone through that yourself. So I do have an interview with a temp agency on Monday coming up. And although I don't prefer temp work because I don't get healthcare benefits and I don't get paid time off, the reality of the situation is, as I said on the last podcast, they could end my husband's short-term disability at any time. We're literally going month to month, getting approved month to month, whether he can get some more money. So we have that hanging over our heads, and then unemployment only pays $240 a week. I mean, I've paid into the system my whole life since I was 16. Worked in fast food was my first job, and like every other teenager, and I, I just think it's appalling that that's how much I get after I've paid into the system my whole life. I have yet to receive my unemployment checks. Well, we don't get checks anymore. They have the, you know, the debit card now. They keep calling and sending me letters and have me filling out more forms. They've called me twice asking me questions. Apparently, unemployment is being, you know, very choosy about handing out money these days. So that's frustrating, to say the least. And then I still have not gotten my severance pay. So... This is the reality here, folks. So I'm calling HR asking why I haven't gotten my severance check yet. It's done automatically direct deposit. So they're claiming, okay, we'll be on the next the next pay period, which is two weeks. So that's frustrating. Uh, as you can see, I'm not going to have very much money unless I get a job here shortly. So... The temp agency has a job that's really close by. It is working in the office. It's not remote, which that is not my preference. But again, earning money is better than getting unemployment. And that's probably how they design it that way. Anyway, this temp job is pretty close to my house. It's a 10-minute drive. Nice office building. They are paying me the minimum that I'm asking. So I'm not taking any kind of a pay cut to do this job. So it's it's a temp contract work. The thing with temp agencies is that they, they tell you it can turn into permanent, but I know from experience that it doesn't always happen that way. I've only had one temp job turn into permanent that was a long time ago. So I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not depending on that to happen. 
if it's a great fit, then fine. I'll be doing exactly what I did at my former job it's in a different company. Um, but I will be still looking for, for a permanent job because I have to have that health care for Brian. Health care for me, too. I mean, um, but at least I'll have money to pay to go to the doctor if I need to go. So, yeah, you got to bring home the bacon, right? That's just the reality. We do what we have to do. So that's my update on the job situation. For Brian, his neuropathy in his feet and legs have been really bothering him. That keeps him up at night, and uh, that really that really hurts. So the only other thing that I want to mention before I forget, you remember Karen Robinson was on the show a couple weeks ago, and she has a really great store. And she sells items, really cool t-shirts, jewelry, and other merchandise. Um, it's called the Heal Thrive Dream Boutique. Karen has given us a 10% discount, the Runes of the Faithful Podcast listeners. So, and if you haven't heard her episode, go back and listen because she has some incredible resources. We had a wonderful conversation Anyway, hers is pretty cool. She's got some cool t-shirt designs, and she also has jewelry. So um, so 10%, that's a pretty good discount. So the code for you guys is DIANA, D-I-A-N-A, that's in all caps, 98825. And I put the link in the show notes and the uh, discount code so you don't have to memorize that. Full disclosure, I did sign up to be one of her affiliates because... We are kindred spirits. Her and I do a lot of the same things, and I like to partner with people like that. Other advocates that have resources for you. So go and check her out. The address is htd-boutique.com. So now on to our topic for today. Some lessons that I've learned, so no particular order. I'm just going to start talking and see what comes out because I've got a lot of, because I have a lot to say. been sitting here home doing a lot of thinking and processing, and this is what I've come up with. And if you have anything to add to the conversation, hey, reach out on social media, email me. Carrier pigeon? I got lots of pigeons in my backyard that'd be happy to deliver a message for you. So here we go. But there are definitely, definitely some lessons that I have learned over the years, not just, I mean, especially since losing my job with this company. The other jobs I've had with other companies, there's kind of a, a theme going on, a repetitive uh, theme. I already believe that my job is just a way for me to pay my bills. My identity is not connected with my job, is he? Whether I'm a good person or not. Now, if you're stealing from the company, are you being a jerk? Yeah, maybe then. Your identity uh, needs a little work. <laughs> you're cheating your employer, whatever. Obviously, that just means you're a terrible person if you're doing those kind of shady things. But I've learned the hard way that and this is any employer out there. 
You are their employee to make them money, period. Once you stop making them money, then they're going to end your employment. If there are budget cuts, you know, the first things that are cut in the budget are employee salaries. It's never the CEO's salary, of course. It's always the workers below. Either they take away bonuses or they lay off people or, you know, they change the parameters of your job so it's impossible to earn those bonuses makes it impossible for you to keep up with their requirements. Oh, we're going to change everything. And if you can't keep up, well, out you go. That is a reality, unfortunately. I've learned the hard way that your boss is not your friend. Now, they may be friendly towards you. They may have had some things in common. Don't make the mistake of thinking that your boss is your friend. You're their employee. And it's really great to have a boss that you like or that you get along with. It makes the day go by really fast. Now, I mentioned that I have cried in front of my supervisor before. That is probably the only time I can remember that I've done that. Because these are trying times. I'm in a position that I haven't been in before. I had a bad day, and apparently our one-on-one -on -one meeting was during that bad day. And she was polite, and she wants to know how your day was going, but they have a job to do, and that is to get you to do your job and make the company money. It's great if you find a boss who cares about you as a person. Uh, some of my bosses did. Some of them did not. There are couple bosses that I had that were really, really good. I would say two of them were really good bosses. And they were my friend. At least I thought they were my friend. But I honestly, I didn't. I used to do all of the activities outside work, work parties and stuff, work activities. And that's to build rapport amongst the team. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. More chocolate. Yes, I stocked up on chocolate. Highly recommended. I stopped going to like, you know, company picnics and stuff because corporate events outside of work where, let's say we had a Christmas party and I don't drink, but all of my coworkers did. You ever hear the word uh, loose lips sink ships? That's kind of a, a military term. It's the same thing at an office, an office party, office activity where you're drinking. You're either going to spill your guts or you're going to say stuff that um, you shouldn't have said, uh, do things that you should not have done in front of your coworkers, or you're going to find out about your coworkers that you did not want to find out. Can it be fun? Yeah, it just depends on who your coworkers are, but seeing your coworkers drunk isn't it's always conducive for respect in the workplace on Monday. <laughs> you know, I had a coworker tell me who he was sleeping with in the office, and it was like, I did not want to know that. I didn't need to know that. Please don't tell me anything, anything else. I don't want to hear it. You will hear lots of gossip. 
Anyway, that's that's one of my rants. I have very few coworkers as friends. I have maybe on one hand the amount of coworkers in my past that I am still friends with after I've left that company. They are far and few between. Because of that reason, your coworkers will stab you in the back. They're all clawing to get their promotion. They're clawing to make you look bad and make them look good. They're covering up for their mistakes. There's a lot of politics in the office. You know, I've, I've never seen the show The Office, but probably lived it. I've learned to be very careful who I talk to at work about personal things as well as who am I complaining to. Especially you young folks that are listening who put everything on Facebook. This is why I have to be careful what I say because you put stuff about work on Facebook that can be a huge problem. I have learned not to friend my coworkers on social media. Take my advice on that. You will thank me later. Yeah, I found out one of my bosses who went on maternity leave for his girlfriend, mother of his newborn child. He wasn't spending time with his child. He was at the casinos. He was spending time at the casinos and the bars. And word on the street was mother was mad at him for whatever and didn't even spend any time with his new son. That's neither here nor there, but I get friends requests from coworkers and I I just tell them, I said, I don't, I don't friend my uh, coworkers because I want my home life and my work life separate. I don't want my boss seeing what I do on my off hours. Not that I'm doing anything illegally or ungodly. I'm pretty boring, actually, uh, in that department. But you got to have that line of separation of this is your personal life and this is my professional life. Whether it's a job to pay the bills or if it's your career and your calling. You're going to regret if you blur those lines. And I'm not here to make choices for you. You know, always put in an honest day's work, but um, don't be a workaholic. There are definitely some workaholics out there. I mean, they never take a vacation. They never take a day off. They never go to their kid's soccer tournament. They don't um, spend time with their wife. They don't ever do anything for themselves. And when they come to the end of their life, They've lost their family. They don't have any friends. They're retired, but now they don't have any friends to do fun things with, and my family hates me. Your loved ones, whoever they are, your loved ones should come before your job. Please, please do not sacrifice your family for your job. It's different making enough money to pay the bills, and it's a way different story when you are a workaholic and you never see your family. Yeah, you make a lot of money. You're buying all this great stuff. You're trying to keep up with the Joneses because uh, your kid wants, you know, a new whatever. A new toy, a new laptop, a new game, a new fill-in-the-blank or your spouse wants something. 
you'll hear this from a lot of people. No one, no one on their deathbed said, I wish I would have worked more. You know what they're going to say? They're going to say, I wish I had more time with the people that I love, the people that I cared about. You can always make more money. You can't give back time with your family. I had a pretty good balance in this last job because the previous job I had, I thought that if I worked harder, if I did all this extra stuff, if I came in early and stayed late at my job, if I, you know, skipped lunches and break so I could impress the boss, whatever, then I would I would be happy or I would get the next promotion or what, whatever. I always thought that that was how I could get up the corporate ladder was sacrificing my family or my health. Don't forget that. Don't forsake your health in order to get up that corporate ladder or, or your, your career. Don't work 60 hours a week and not you know, exercise and eat properly and get enough sleep and have some free time for fun. You will regret it. You will regret it. Trust me. Now, I had to work 10-hour days the last year. And that isn't the first time I've done that, but I, I had done it when I was way younger. I'm too, <laughs> and And you're looking at me like... <laughs> saying to you that I'm too old to be working uh, 60 hours a week. I am. I realized in my life that it's not worth it. It's voluntary. Some of the time I had to, I had to work overtime. That was a requirement. Sometimes I can get out of it, sometimes not. But that, that took a toll on my health because I would come in to work whether I felt good or not and I worked 10 hour days and I contributed to my team and uh, and I was trying to keep my job as being the hardest worker and my stress level was way too high so well I'm going to have a heart attack before I'm 50 I honestly believe that I'm going to have a stroke or a heart attack and one day I did think I was having a stroke because I had pain in my legs. My leg was numb more than one day and it was pain painful. My legs were very painful. They had numbness and tingling. So I went to the stinking doctor because I thought I was um, having a heart attack or a stroke. And he said, no, I did all the tests and you seem to be okay, but you're probably way too stressed out. You need to take some time off. You need to rest. I'm like, well, yeah, I got a sick husband at home. I'm, I have a, I'm the only one working. You know, I have to do all the chores, all of the, taking him to the doctor, all the errands, cooking, cleaning. I'm doing the podcast. <laughs> I'm doing mending the soul. Yes, crazy. And and you all are saying and screaming at me probably. Well, you don't have kids. You're right. The kids are all grown up and out of the house and dealing with their own families. I don't know what I would do if I had kids. Uh, it would be a whole different story, a whole different life. Uh, that's, that's Brian's story because they're Brian's kids. 
I totally understand the panic when you have children, you have a family to take care of, and you lose your job. I I had when I was single, I I had lost my job many years ago. Of course, got laid off uh, from the dental industry. This was during the stock market crash, two thousand eight, and I um, I only had to take care of myself, but even that was scary. I'm not working, and I'm trying to take care of my health. I'm trying to trying to do some fun things, trying to enjoy not working ten hour days. <laughs> my full time job right now is trying to look for a full time job, um, but I I do have other things that I'm doing. I'm trying to do all the stuff that I couldn't do when I was working. Um, I've been really wanting to finish working on um, some more music. I want to do some more music videos. Those things take a lot of time. I uh, want to write some more songs. Let's see. There's a lot of um, a lot of clutter in our house. We rearranged this room, and you can't see it on the camera, but um, off camera, it's, uh, we love stuff everywhere. Just because wanted to get this set up uh, so I could do my podcast and do my music stuff. And uh, the rest of the room is going to be cleaned up. <laughs> After the fact, um, I really wanted to get my uh, stack of books read. Uh, I have a lot of sewing. You guys didn't know. I I sew. My sister sent me uh, some fabric for my birthday. It was a uh, a French gingham, and it was purple, my favorite color. Uh, we do have plenty of things that we can sew. Things we're not using anymore. Uh, but before we sell stuff on eBay, we uh, we have to clean up the room. There's always stuff to do in the garden. And the house is never clean. <laughs> Brian just swept the floor. He was telling me at lunchtime today. Hey, I kept stepping on all this food, food crumbs and stuff on the floor, bare feet. So, yeah, he swept the floor. Good man, good man. I'm I'm trying to come up with some sort of a schedule. Come up with some sort of a schedule because you may think, oh well, you know, you can sit and scroll Facebook all day. Well, no, you can't. Because when you're out of food and out of money and you've been sitting around your butt not looking for a job, <laughs> you won't be sorry. I get up in the morning, I feed the cat, the neighborhood cat, and I spend some time with her. A little bit of attention. And then I go in the backyard and I feed the birds. They're the wild birds. I make sure there's water in the bird bath for them because of the heat. Then I go over to my vegetable garden to make sure there's not anything that I need to attend to. We're in the middle of our tropical storm season where there's lots of wind which can break one of my crops in two. If there's any bugs or anything, then I have to harvest anything like tomatoes. Anyway, there's always work to do in the garden. I'm trying to prepare for the season in the fall. Summer sucks because you're it's so stinking hot out there. Uh there's certain plants that will survive in this heat with shade. Uh, but most of my plants that I really enjoy are fall and spring plants vegetables. 
So let's move on to a different topic. So here are some of the things that I did right and some of the things that I did wrong. We already talked about some of them. Don't ever think that your job is secure. Um, Not in this day and age. It used to be back in the olden days. You had one company you worked for after you graduated college, if you graduated from college. You had one company and you worked there until you retired. That was the reality for most people. Now, you're going to work probably several companies, if not more, before you retire. That's just the way the economy, the world is right now. Some companies, they will lay you off before you reach a certain age. Um, My dad was laid off before he reached retirement age and could get his pension at the company for 50 years, whatever. That's terrible. Uh, don't ever think that your job is secure, that you are indispensable, because you're not. I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news. You're not indispensable. There's always somebody that can replace you. Always be out there networking. Now we have LinkedIn. In the olden days, you had business cards. You handed out your business card. You know, connect with, with your coworkers on LinkedIn. That's what that is for. It's not to post cat videos or, you know, memes. It is for professional networking. So the people that you like at work, that you uh, get along with, get involved on LinkedIn. Don't wait until you're fired or laid off to get on LinkedIn. You don't have to write articles. Just get on there. Share stuff. Comment on other people's posts. Develop your network. Um, Jordan Harbinger has a podcast that is one of my favorite podcasts. Now, he's not a Christian by any sense of the word, but he has a great networking course that is free, literally free on his website. But he has a saying called, dig the well before you're thirsty. I have kept in contact with a lot of my coworkers in previous jobs on LinkedIn. And I, I recommend you do that too. It doesn't mean you have to be best friends. doesn't mean you have to um, name your firstborn after them. It just means keep in touch. How's work going? You know, write references for them. Um Write recommendations on their profile, and they'll do the same for you. And your network doesn't necessarily have to be your your coworkers. It could be your parents have a network of people that they know. Um, your kids have friends who have parents. Your the clubs that you're a part of, your hobbies. Think outside the box. Connect with people. Alignables and other networking. Not not as well known, but it's um it's got a pretty pretty solid following. I'm on both of those platforms, and you can connect with me on LinkedIn if you want. So that's one thing that I did right is I had a network of people, and can give me job leads. When you lose your job or you think you're going to lose your job, you start connecting with them, like asking them, "Hey, you have any opportunities?" that you know of in your department at your company. What's it like working there? Hey, um, 
you know, haven't talked to you in a long time. You want to go for coffee. And, you know, you can talk about small talk, but talk about their job. Hey, I'm thinking about, you know, applying at your company. What's it like there? I've done that already. I have three or four or five people that I talk to quite a bit. So I have some irons in the fire. Yeah, I do have a bachelor's degree, um, but the bachelor's degree was from 95. And the school has closed since. I would say whenever you have an opportunity to improve your education, your skills, I would do that. I know I get it. I so get it that you don't have time. I understand that. I, I wish that I had done more for my education. Now, I went to Bible college. I have been through real estate investing school. I have been through dental assisting school. I've been through pharmacy school. I kind of wish that I had gone to veterinary medicine, but I don't have a time machine. Whenever you have an opportunity to take courses, uh, if you're, especially if your employer is paying for it, you can take courses on online. I would take advantage of that if you can. You can just take one night class, one computer class. I would do that. I wish I had done my master's in something else. Part of the reason I didn't go back to school is because of my health condition. I have um, cognitive impairment. If y'all hadn't been listening, I um, I have terrible memory, stringing sentences together, <laughs> and uh, I don't I don't retain information very well. And so, but if you have the opportunity to take any kind of extra classes to further your education, I would do it, regardless of how old you are. You know, my my great aunt got her high school diploma when she was 50 years old. And that was old back in the day. The other thing that I would say is with education, I would say save your money. Save your money. Uh, Learn how to invest your money instead of spending it. And you can learn all kinds of stuff. That isn't my wheelhouse investing, but... Invested in some small things. Always have a rainy day fund. That's one thing I was glad that I did was my husband likes to spend money and I saved money. I had it taken out of my paycheck. So I didn't even see it. It was, wasn't very much, maybe $15. I would have it taken out of my paycheck. Before I ever saw it, it went into another savings account um, with interest and that was our vacation fund, as I was saying before. But even if it's $5, have a savings account. Any employer out there who has payroll, you can do that. You can set that up um, to have it taken, taken out of your check. Um, you'll never miss it, I promise you. Um, so... It's really easy when you get those raises or you get a bonus and you want to go and spend it on something fun. I've been there. Brian loves to buy things, as I said. He loves to buy fun stuff. And I'm 
Don't get me wrong. I like to buy fun stuff too. That's why I have a whole um, room full of fabric and um, great pianos. Uh, <laughs> a huge library of books. I like to buy things, but do this instead of spending it. Take half of what it is that is your bonus and put it in savings. And I understand when you have debt or you have children, even if it's not half, take some of that and put it into savings because there will come a rainy day. There will come a day when you, you will have an emergency. And if you don't have that emergency fund, you'll be in serious trouble. I have some savings. I could have saved more, but I didn't. I didn't save enough. But I have uh, probably four months I can survive. Um, I know that preppers have gotten a bad rap, a bad reputation. But that's kind of changing right now. But as a prepper, well, normally they're called doomsday preppers where they have this, you know, compound you know, with armed guards and a stockpile of food and supplies and ammo. And some people are that way. Uh, and they're usually taught it as their one sandwich sort of a picnic. Let's forget that whole stereotype and let's focus on preparing. In the Bible, it talks about, I believe it's in Proverbs, about the ant. The ant stores up food for winter. Because there isn't any food in winter. So it is biblical to prepare for the future. Save some money for retirement. Save money for emergencies. Even if it's a little bit. A little bit adds up over time. If you're consistent, we have stored up food. Because, yeah, we like to eat and live indoors, right? And we're in the middle of a drought here in Arizona. And so we are anticipating that they're going to ration our water. Lake Mead, where our water uh, flows into Hoover Dam, is extremely low. In fact, they're finding dead bodies and ships and um, all kinds of things in the shallow water. Uh, anyway, so every time we go to the store, we buy a, um, a case of water. And waters, I mean, a case of water is maybe a couple dollars. Does that make me a doomsday prepper? No. It makes me prepared for things that I know that are coming eventually. Um, pastor Al Deschanel, that I mentioned before, uh, the pastor on Twitch, he's been on the show. Uh, he's in Ontario, and they had this huge storm. He, he lost all of his food, all of his food in his fridge and freezer, lost it. The whole neighborhood did, actually. And they didn't have anything stored up, no canned goods. Um, so they didn't have any food. You don't, you don't want to be in that situation, whether you are in a cold climate. You have different challenges. Here in Arizona, we have a drought, and we have extreme heat. So... It is a huge possibility that I'm going to lose power at one point or another. And so that's happened to us before in my life living here in Phoenix. So that's one thing we did right is that we had 
food and water. Well, for this emergency, you can do it too. Um, it's just as simple as you go to the store and you buy your regular stuff. Um, you see a sale for like mixed vegetables, canned vegetables, or beanie weenies, or Denny Moore stew, or spam, whatever you like to eat, um, pasta, macaroni. Even if you have a tight budget, and we had a tight budget too, you can just buy an extra can of vegetables that week. Next week, you get an extra of pasta. And here, the next week, you have an extra, like, root cocktail or something. Buy one thing extra and set it aside, is that is your emergency. Everybody talks about rice and beans. Rice is really cheap. You get beans and rice and dress it up all 20 million different ways. Um, but if you plan ahead, you can store other things. Yeah, I went on a tangent about the garden when I talked about having a having a schedule for your time. I was on going out in the garden. So after I'm done outside, I come in and I have my breakfast. And then I have my, my Bible reading and my prayer time. And then I go and I answer my emails and I start my job hunting. I start um, looking on the job boards. I start going on LinkedIn. Um, because unemployment requires you to at least have four attempts at applying for a job in order to get unemployment. You have to prove that you are looking for a job. So I do that, and then sometimes I work on the podcast, or I do a chore around the house, the dishes, or I go out. Yesterday I went out to the pharmacy to pick up medication. I go get the mail. When Brian gets up, then I make sure that he has something to eat, a good meal. Usually he's not hungry when he wakes up. I try in the afternoon to uh, work on the podcast, whether it's editing or recording or doing social media stuff. And I try and plan dinner, fix dinner. My dad gave me an Instapot for my birthday. And we're trying to figure out we're trying to figure out recipes for the Instapot. We're learning how to use it. One thing he absolutely loves to do with that Instapot, we made chili in it, but uh, we're going to have to tweak the recipe or something because it turned out like chili soup instead of like chili. Uh, but he absolutely loves to make hard-boiled eggs in that Instapot. His complaint was always when we did it the old-fashioned way on the stove, the egg shells did not come off easily. And then he would take chunks of egg off while he was peeling the eggs for egg salad. He loves the Instant Pot. He just puts the water in and you put the eggs on the rack. You push the button for it's four minutes. And uh, you release the pressure and they all peel. The egg shells just fall off. <laughs> He keeps saying, every day he keeps saying how much he loves making eggs in the Instapot. So uh, I think we'll keep it because he's very happy about that. He eats a lot of eggs. So anyway, um, I make dinner. Usually at night we watch our shows. I am usually working on something while I'm watching TV. I am never just watching TV. 
I am usually have my laptop on my lap and I'm I'm either reading email, doing something for the podcast, uh, writing scripts or filling out more job applications. Yeah, at night it's probably the only time I'm on social media. And I'm I'm not usually just scrolling. I uh, look at my notifications. I'm a part of a lot of groups because I network. So I check the groups that I'm a part of to see if there's any conversation that I want to be a part of. I don't normally just scroll. And I'm also cleaning up my Facebook friends and the groups that I'm in. I'm deleting some of them that no longer serve me. And the same thing with email. When I look at my email, I, I'm i not going to be traveling for a very long time. So I'm um, considering deleting all of my my travel emails that I get. I can always resubscribe later, but I won't be able to travel for a long time. Um, I'm usually in, in bed by between 10 and 11 o'clock now. When I was working and I was getting up at 5, I was asleep by 10. Except for rare occasions if we went out for some reason. But yeah, I take my shower at night. At night before bed, I will uh, I will do some reading. Uh, I have my stack of books on my nightstand. I have some sort of a schedule. Whatever it is, it may look different for you. You may have kids or you're in a different season of life, you might be single, have some sort of written schedule. Don't just sleep all day. Don't just watch TV all day. Don't just scroll Facebook. Don't waste the time of day. I'm not saying you can't relax and do something fun, but schedule that. Hey, um, Thursday afternoons, I'm going to go to my martial arts class and I'm going to, I'm going to kick kick some butt here. Find something to blow steam off of a healthy way. I don't mean go to the bar and drink or any other places that would be unhealthy when you are unemployed and probably depressed or discouraged. Don't take this opportunity to take up drinking or if you are one of those people that drink in response to bad events like this one, Get some help if you need some. If you are depressed, try and find somebody to talk to. If you have access to medical care, be sure to you know, ask for some medication if you need it. Ask for some counseling from a therapist if you need it. Find healthy ways to deal with your emotions and your stress. Um, I bought one of those coloring books. Adult coloring books, I mean... These have um, the words of Jesus on them and uh, flowers and stuff. So I have colored pencils and I color a page once in a while. What I wanted to, to say about the martial arts class, I told my teacher, his name is Jeff, I told him that when Brian lost his job, I wasn't going to be able to afford to pay for lessons. Now I've been studying with him for... Um, almost nine years. We have the same core group of people still training. I told him I couldn't afford to pay him. And when Brian lost his job, Jeff is letting me train for free right now. And 
whenever I'd got some overtime, I would give him give him some money. That's that's what happens when you have a community that cares about you. When you don't think anybody cares about you and somebody does something like, like that, um, that's nice because he said, you have to get out of the house. You have to get out and you, you need some exercise. You need to vent that frustration, that anger in a healthy way. So, you know, pay me when you can. He pointed out that during the pandemic, all of the students, we all paid our lesson fees, even though we weren't taking classes during the lockdown, because uh, if we didn't, there wouldn't be anything to come back to. He would have lost his um, dojo. Uh, and it even goes a step farther now that I lost my job. It takes a good 40 minutes for me to drive there. Yes, I I drive a good ways. I always have to find a good school. So uh, I told him that I could not afford to pay for the gas at five sixty a gallon. And it takes me a quarter tank round trip to get to the dojo. And uh, I told him I would let him know when I have a new job and I'll be back in class. You know what they did? They, they took a collection. Everybody put money in the pot. And paid for my gas so I can go to class. One, be a part of a community. Two, get some exercise. Three, deal with those emotions from being unemployed. Have those kind of things in place. Maybe martial arts isn't your thing. Maybe you like baking. Or you like roller skating. Or you you like gardening like I do. I love going out in my garden. Especially when it's not 118 degrees. <laughs> Maybe you like um, going to the park. Maybe you know you want to take the kids to uh, to the swimming pool. Whatever it is, set some some time for yourself. Do not feel guilty about it. Um, mental health is extremely important. Extremely important. I think that if we took care of ourselves and valued ourselves as individuals that need care, then we wouldn't have as many trips to mental health institute we go to um go to the doctor and get checked out you get enough sleep that sort of thing mental health issues are usually as you figured out it's like a um it builds up it builds up right and i understand that all too well now that some people don't have access to mental health services i'm hoping our country is working on that to give all of us access to mental health services, but there are things you can take care of on your end. Those things I just mentioned. Again, don't don't do unhealthy things. Don't overeat. Don't make um, rash decisions. Don't sign contracts when you're upset. That kind of stuff. Uh, don't go out and buy a bunch of stuff. A coping mechanism. I'm going to do a podcast on coping mechanisms here in the future. Some things you can pick from, but pick some healthy things that I've listed that aren't self-destructive. One of the other things that I've learned is to whatever job you are doing, whether you're you know, a worker bee or you're a supervisor or 
you have a desk job, whatever, whatever kind of industry, make sure that you're keeping a, either a spreadsheet or a Google Doc or pad and paper, whatever medium that you prefer, make sure that you are documenting one, your achievements. When it comes to reviews, they want to know what your achievements are if you want to raise. If you forget all the great stuff you've done, no matter how small or insignificant it seems to you, write it down. Because over the year, you will forget. And then when it comes time for reviews, you're like, I have no idea what I accomplished this year. I do want to raise. I worked hard. I don't have anything to tell the supervisor in our review meeting. Really important. Just keep some sort of a record for yourself. You don't have to share it with anyone. The second thing that I have learned to do is to document important things that happened that day. Whether it's a fight with your coworker, whether it is you had an issue with a customer, your one-on-ones, any kind of conversation that you have with your supervisor, your manager, your lead, whoever it is, make sure you keep a record of that. Hopefully they're giving you an electronic copy or a paper copy, make sure that you are keeping those copies at home. Why should you keep those copies at home? Because if you are let go, laid off, whatever, they're going to clean your desk out and any proprietary information, they are going to destroy it. Now, if, especially if you are, if you're struggling at work, and you've been on a performance improvement plan, if you've been written up, whether you're innocent or guilty, uh, keep records of those things. Uh, and I dare say to take video or record your conversation that you have if you're able to do that. If you have Zoom interviews, then make sure you use your phone and record the audio for that. Why? Because if you're laid off or fired or you quit, whatever, you have no record, you have no proof of why you left the company except what the boss has on you. So when you go and collect unemployment, which is what I did, unemployment is going to ask you some very specific things as to why you are no longer working there. Now, suppose your employer challenges your unemployment. They say they fired you for stealing from the company or, you know, getting in a fight with your coworker or being or refusing to do something, 
refusing to do what you're asked or your attendance record is that you're always late or your performance metrics were not up to par. If you don't have a, any proof of those things, it's your word against your employers. Once you leave, one of the things that has happened to me more than once is when I went to file for unemployment, the employer told the unemployment office the wrong reason why I no longer worked for the company. And that affected my benefits. Now, I fought it and I won. And the only reason that I won was because I kept a record of things that happened at work. Even if you don't have a video or an audio recording, I had all of my reviews. I had all my performance metrics. I had all of the incidences that happened during work. I had all of my accomplishments written down that I have done. Those things are very helpful when it comes time to get your benefits. And it depends on what state you're in, what country you're in, that it's illegal to record conversation between you and another person without permission. So check on that. Even if you record it and you don't share it with anybody, that can give you a record for yourself Refreshing your memory, I forget what exactly was said during this conversation. You know, things can get pretty fuzzy, especially over time. So that's not legal advice, but that's free advice for you today, for me. When you're coming to work, obviously you want to do the best job that you possibly can. Come to work on time, you know, work well in the sandbox is what we call it. Working with your coworkers, not against them. Don't say anything that you're going to regret. I get it. There are some really bad days. I've had some really bad days at work. I've learned that you keep your mouth shut unless you have to say something. If you do have to say something, say it in a professional manner. Do not get emotionally upset. You can say things like, this is wrong, or this is unacceptable, or that's, that's not the truth, but here you go. I know this is all no-brainer stuff, but I'd also suggest don't leave anything really important at work. You know, bring them, bring them home, or the stuff that you leave at work is a copy. I remember working in a temp agency once at the end of the day, my assignment was over, contract is ended. Well, I had all of my cell phone chargers and some other personal belongings there at my desk. And I'd worked there six months, so, uh, but they cleaned my desk out and they threw everything out. And I asked them, I want my chargers back and I want my personal belongings back. And they told me, we don't have anything. Whoever cleaned your desk out, they uh, they tossed everything or they kept it. There wasn't anything I could do because they wouldn't let me back into the building to retrieve my stuff. 
So please take it from me. Don't leave any files on your computer if it is a company computer, because as soon as you are no longer working for the company, whether you quit or whether you laid off, whatever, they're going to cut access to your computer. You won't be able to retrieve any records off of that computer, including your pay stubs, including um, personal stuff that you have on your computer. So always have a copy of what you need before you disconnect for the evening. Uh, your employer is not going to give you back the stuff on their computer. Also, conversations that you've had on like business Skype or Teams, those things are able to be searched. So if you had a conversation with your supervisor, your manager, your coworker, they can search the history for, I think, back a year. So another lesson is don't say anything on the chat at work that you don't want to bite you in the butt later. I know this sounds like a no-brainer, but I see it all the time. I have seen people say profanity, um, racist stuff, bad-mouthing employers, employees on the chat at work. And don't do it. It can be used against you. So trying to think of anything else. That's probably all of the lessons I have for what to do and not to do at work. I have an interview with a temps agency. If you can pray for me, then I would get, of course, an offer. So any questions that you have or you want to talk more about this or you've been going through a really hard time, you know, I'm here to listen. I know I've been talking a long time. I got to go and pick up a grocery order. This is kind of therapy for me just to get this stuff off my chest. This is my reality right now and looking for work and direction. Uh, but I will be still doing the podcast for as long as I can and all the other stuff that I'm a part of. Lord will provide. But thanks. Thanks for being here with me. So take a deep breath and I hope that you take care of yourself and your family. If you have any prayer requests, be sure to send them to me. And I hope to, to see you here next week on the podcast. And hoping I have good news for you then. Until then, have a good week. God bless you. And trust in the Lord. He's, he's going to take care of you, okay? Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Wounds of the Faithful podcast. If this episode has been helpful to you, please hit the subscribe button and tell a friend. You can connect with us at dswministries.org, where you'll find our blog along with our Facebook, Twitter, and our YouTube channel links. Hope to see you next week.